Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, a performance for the ages. How the point guard had himself a perfect, yes, I said perfect night, and etched his way into the history books. Plus, Luke and the Mavs advanced for the first time since 2011. How much of a chance does our panel give them against the top-seeded and healthy sons in Miami Heat guard? Victor Oladipo joins the show. All that and more on NBA Today that starts now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Richard Jefferson. Malika Andrews is in Minnesota covering some big game uh, there, but we'll get to that <laughs> later in a bit. I've got Ramona Shelburne, Monica McNutt, and Zach Lowe here with me. We had three closeout game sixes last night, but we're starting with the team that lost. Ooh, sure, it makes sense. Makes sense. Look, the Pelicans gave the Suns all they can handle, <laughs> but now they focus their shift to the man that wasn't on the court. The Pelicans had uh, they had exit interviews yesterday, and Zion Williamson spoke for the first time pretty much all year since Pelicans Media Day. Before the start of the season, that was 214 oh. days ago. It's been a rough year. Uh, had its rough patches, but I'm in a great space now. How are you feeling uh, physically? Is the, is the foot completely healed? I feel great. I feel great. From a physical standpoint, uh, I definitely could have played. Uh, but uh, me and uh, my team in the front office and the team, we decided that uh, longevity was better than trying to rush back. You're eligible for extension this summer. If they offered you an extension, would you be willing to accept it? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why is this I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to sign it fast enough. Ooh, okay. Whoa. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of hey. there's a lot of information, ladies and gentlemen. And that is why we are starting the show with that. <laughs> Ramona, I'm going to start with you. What did you hear there, and what are your thoughts about Zion saying that he could have played against the Suns, but the team decided to hold him out? I mean, first of all, him saying, of course I would sign that extension. I couldn't sign it fast enough. Th like, did everyone in New Orleans just take a deep breath and go, oh, so all that stuff that we speculate that he not – he said, I can't sign it fast enough. He's eligible for a five-year, $181 million extension mm. this summer, okay? Mm. He hasn't played in that many games, and so you have to wonder, would the Pelicans try to put some injury protections on that, similar to how the Sixers did with Joel Embiid when he was eligible for that same type of extension? Um, it also, that, that salary could go up if he were to make an all-NBA team next year. So it could go up by $36 million, just like with Jason Tatum, Trey Young, et cetera. But the fact that he was so confident in saying, I would sign it as soon as it's offered, that's got to be a huge relief for everyone in New Orleans to hear that. Mm, I hear you, Momo. I think I'm still in the camp of I'll believe it when I know that the ink is dry and it's done because <laughs> we just don't know what else might be out there in terms of curious organizations. But I actually was more... I don't know if I want to use impressed, but I thought it was a more thoughtful decision to hold him out of this series. We had plenty of talk whether or not the dunk was actually an indicator of his health. 
Um, but the Pelicans played fantastic in this series without Zion, and I think that decision was really smart. It speaks to the confidence that they have in the guys that were on the floor as well, because there's no way that if he played in this series, that would not have become the number one headline in terms of what we were seeing from the New Orleans Pelicans, when instead we had a chance to see a team that I think is going to be formidable in the West when you consider the way Brandon Ingram played, the what Herb Jones brings you defensively, and of course the addition of C.J. McCollum. Yeah, to me, the story of the Pelicans' playoff series was Brandon Ingram proving he belongs, he's a problem. He can be the number one option or co-number one option on a legit tough playoff team. He was decisive and confident. That was great to see. Not on Herb is here to stay. Jose Alvarado is going to be a pain in the butt for a long time. Trey Murphy is ready. Zion's got a team he can look at and say, hey, I can be the, the centerpiece of what should be a good team. As for the extension, look, Zion's played one season in three years. Yep. Of course he's going to take the money if they offer it to him. That's, that's a no-brainer. If he doesn't want to be in New Orleans in two or three years, you can deal with that then. You take the money now, you enjoy this team now. And Ramona's right. I think, to me, the more interesting question is, what kind of extension do they offer him? Do they try to do it like the, the Sixers did with Embiid and have some protections in there? But sure, that's a sigh of relief. But more importantly than that, the Pelicans proved a lot in the playoffs. They proved a lot to the Suns. It was an encouraging last couple of months for New Orleans basketball. Yeah, no, I, I think they did exactly what they were supposed to do. One, you want to hold them out. You don't keep a Ferrari in the garage for, for an entire year and then go put it in a race. Yeah. And that's what it was. Going against the Phoenix Suns, going against that, you don't want to put a player in that position because – Obviously, he's not tuned up. We've seen injuries to uh, to uh, Booker. We've seen injuries to uh, Chris Middleton. And these are guys that were tuned up, ready to go during the season, and then just things happen. So I think that is smart for the long-term health. And then, obviously, you want to sign that. You want to sign that. You want to get that as quickly as possible. So anybody that's worried about his commitment to the team, now look. He's got to get on that court. And look, if he's not, after a year or two, if he's not doing what he's supposed to, I don't think New Orleans fans would even want him there. They would just want to move on, and they have plenty of talent there currently on their roster that should give them hope for the future. And speaking of future, let's take a look at what the Pelicans lineup could look like next season with Zion. You got Ingram, McCullum, Herbert Jones, Valanchunas. Look, this is a roster right here that, to me, Look, you, you could probably put yourself in a position to make a run if they're healthy. They play this type of intensity. Imagine if they were in the five matchup or the four or five matchup with uh, Utah. I think this team could, could beat Utah in, in its present form. So I just think that there's a lot of talent on this team. Like, Zach, I want to know from you first, how good do you think this team could be with, let's not say a fully healthy Zion, but let's say 65 games? Offensively, they would be dynamite. There's no question about that. I mean, we're only a year removed from Zion almost making an all-NBA team and shooting like a million yeah. percent at the rim, mm -hmm. being totally unstoppable. Defensively, I think that's the question. That's yes. a defensively challenged lineup other than Herb Jones. And the other thing is, you know, we do get carried away sometimes with the optimism coming off a run like this. So top four, top five next season in the West. You know, the West is no picnic. Denver's coming back fully loaded. The Clippers didn't make the playoffs. They might enter the season as favorites in the Western Conference next year. The Lakers, TBD, but they're not going to accept another 30-something win season. Top four in the West is really, really hard, and I might pump the brakes or top five, top six, whatever. I might pump the brakes a little bit on those expectations until we see 
Zion on the floor on a consistent basis. And even then, that might be optimistic. That's just life in the West, man. So we're forgetting one huge asset that the Pelicans have. They have the Lakers pick this year, and it's a lottery pick Ooh. with a 6% chance to be a number one Ooh. pick. They won that before, right in that same spot where they, when they won the lottery. So that can be a great asset for them if they want to make a pick, if they want another good young player, or as, as we've seen, the Pelicans have been very aggressive in the trade market. That could be a very good trade chip for them if they want to go out and get a veteran to add to that core group. Uh, look, look Momo, really, really quickly. We have talked enough about the individual that didn't play. Let's talk right. about one of the most historic <laughs> can't performances. Miss the guy who doesn't that, miss. That, that like, we have ever seen. There was a game last night, and Chris Paul made history. Let's get to that highlight. I don't even do that in warm-up. You don't even do that to warm-up. Chris Paul, I mean, he was so impressive, Momo. And we're going to jump straight <laughs> to the fourth. Guy hasn't even missed a shot yet. But what Chris Paul does in these games, it, he is Mr. Fourth Quarter. He is one of the best clutch performers all season long. And here, working the pick and roll. Whoop, that's another miss. And look at the score. Every one of these shots were needed here. Down by one on the road. Chris Paul got the lane. He's doing what he does. That little high giant killer. That little floater. Unguardable. And he did miss. And then here, I think they might have forgot who Devin Booker was because as hot as Chris Paul is, you can't leave the guy that's probably going to be first-team All-NBA. Devin Booker had himself a solid game. And look, I'm just going to say this right here. Devin Booker is that dude. He had 13 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Coming back, still nursing back that hamstring, probably on a minute restriction. But here, this is it. Up by three. Going against, yes, this is not Portland versus Clippers. This is Suns versus the I've Pelicans. I've seen that before. And we've seen it before. I mean. And it, but 14 for 14, ladies and gentlemen, that's hard to do if you're in a gym by yourself. It is ridiculous, and there was a, a lot of love right there. You can see some emotion there. So here we go. Here's the sound. I had no clue till. I don't know. I think maybe like a halftime, I realized, man, I might need to shoot a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? But throughout the game, for me, I'm literally managing the game. You know what I mean? We was talking about t taking heat checks the other day, and I was—I don't do that because I don't shoot enough to take a heat check. And once I miss, I might be cold. You know? But they were sort of letting me get to my spots and um, shoot it. I believe in the heat check, though. Are you just... 14, 14 for 15 looks a lot better than 14 to 14 to me. He going to heat check even yeah. if he ain't hit five in a row. I'll never have one of these games, these perfect ones. <laughs> And it's funny because there, it, it's funny because there is a different mindset. But after Thursday, perfect night. CP3 is That's now ridiculous. averaging 37 points per game <laughs> on 77% shooting in the last three series clinching wins. All of these at the age mm. of 36. Kareem is the only player in NBA history to score 30 in a series clincher at an older age than this old man here. Now. This looked like <laughs> the Suns team that we had watched all season long, Monica. I'm going to start with you. Like, are they? Should they still be the favorites in the West? What do you, what, like? What do you see now? Booker's back. They're healthy. What do you think? RJ, Momo, Zach. I still think that the Suns should be the favorite in the West. Listen, the Warriors are rolling. They look great. However, I don't think that the Suns' regular season is a fluke at all. Yes, 
Devin Booker is the absolute most important key in terms of what they will or be able to do as this postseason continues. But when you look at the way that they were able to grow in his absence, Mikael Bridges has a huge game. Cam Johnson comes up with big-time baskets. Chris Paul continues to weave his way in and out of defenses and find his spots. He makes it look so easy because of his maturity and his vision on the court, right? So I just think the Suns, it was easy to lose sight of the Suns in Devin Booker's absence. And quite honestly, I don't think any of us thought that this series would be as tightly contested as it was. But I still think that the Suns are that team. I, look, they should be that team. I just, Devin Booker didn't look like Devin Booker last night. And, and granted, he's coming back off that hamstring injury. If they're healthy, let's just give it that, that always hedge that Cheney likes to, if they're yeah. healthy, okay, yeah. they should be the number one team. But I don't know that they're healthy. I mean, we had questions coming in about Chris Paul's hands. He had it all taped up. Devin Booker's coming off a hamstring injury. He's had a history of hamstrings. So the Warriors, to me, go ahead of them in the pecking order just because that team just got healthy. For now, leave it right there. For now, but the Warriors look great in that first round series. I, I just want to see Dev come back and really be Devin Booker because that was that was that was like Devin Booker at about 50 percent yesterday. He went out and played, but he was off. He also needs yeah. to be very careful with that yeah. hamstring. That Ferrari play. was taking its time yeah. getting out of the garage. I got you. Let, let's get two things out of the way first. Number one, those Chris Paul closing game numbers, you Ridiculous. guys are making those up. Those have to be fake numbers. Yeah. Those can't be real. <laughs> Number two, Devin Booker, you can pull off the sunglasses indoors look. I'm very envious. You should yes. do it after every post-game press conference. <laughs> Keep it going. Number three, I'm going, I've been, you guys know, I've been super high on the Warriors all year. I think they've earned at least co-favorite status with the Suns in the West, given how they've played, given the pool party lineup emerging. If Devin Booker's 80%, 85%, I think they're equal, maybe slight edge to the Warriors. If Devin Booker is close to 100%, I think that's a toss-up series. I don't think the Warriors fear that matchup at all. And I think this Suns-Mavs series this round is going to be really, really fun. But I think Warriors by a hair if Booker is a little bit compromised. No, it's tough because you're trying to either figure out are you going to disrespect one or the other? Monica, what you got? I'm just saying, Ramona, to your point, yeah. health is a fluid situation for both of these squads, right? You've got mm-hmm. guys that power each of these engines that have miles. Like, you think about how many games all of those Warriors um, contingency of guys have played, right? Like, you're right. They look healthy for now, but we all know the gauntlet that is the rest of the way of the postseason. And mm-hmm. I agree, Zach, it is going to be a very tight series. Participation trophies in that way for all of us. <laughs> okay, well, hey, it's going to be an amazing series. We're if looking they get forward- there, they got to yeah. beat two other teams yeah. first. Look, some, some of that, we're, we're going to get there, but look, Still to come on NBA Today, the Mavericks advance to the semis. But does that mean we've seen the last of Mitchell and Gobert in a Jazz uniform? And the Sixers duo got it done last night in Toronto. We look ahead to their blockbuster second-round matchup against Miami. Plus, speaking of the Heat, he stayed ready, so he didn't have to get ready. Victor Oladipo joins the show. Keep it locked. We are just getting started. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. 
Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Can Miami hold on and close out the Atlanta Hawks? Victor Oladipo in the starting lineup with Jimmy Butler tonight. Look at him moving and grooving. Oladipo, top of the arc. Now joining us is that man, Victor Oladipo. Hey, Vic, man, I just want to say thank you for stopping by, especially considering that Malik is not here. Uh, you know, so we appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, man, All right. no problem. All right. Well, I, look, I just want to know as an athlete and watching your journey, watching the injuries, watching the trades, all of this stuff happen. What did it mean for you to finally get in that place where you felt like you're getting back to who you've always been? Um, just a blessing. I mean, you know, there are many people who have gone through injuries who might not get that opportunity again. Uh, and, you know, when they told me I had the opportunity to start and, you know, help the team win, you know, I just went out there and did the best I could. And uh, luckily we came up with a win. So it was a great memory, you know, a great moment. But uh, we're looking forward to round two. All right, Vic. So round two, you guys will face up against the Philadelphia 76ers. And you haven't had an opportunity to play against the James Harden, Joel Embiid combo in terms of Philly. What do you think is going to be the key to not just stopping that duo, but stopping that team? Um, a lot of things. I think that, you know, we're going to have to give Big Fella a lot of looks, um, as well as James, Maxie's, um, all those guys, you know. We're going to have to do a great job defending them um, in multiple ways, um, showing them different bodies, um, just that in and realizing that's really what's going to fuel us all series. So... You guys got the number one seed overall, and it was a tight Eastern Conference this year. Do you guys feel like you're getting the, the respect that you deserve, or are you guys taking that quote-unquote chip on your shoulder and going into the postseason? We saw what you guys did to Trey Young. That task only get better. Do you feel like you guys are getting the respect? No, honestly, with Heat culture, man, we, we don't we get the respect or not. In the day, we can't really control it. Feel, but we control our mentality and our approach to every game. Um, and that's what we focused on, man. We focus on going out there and trying to win every game we play. He, so Heat culture, it's funny you said that, Vic, because I have one of the Atlanta games. And there are so many of you guys that weren't necessarily predicted to be here. Like, tell, tell us what that really means in terms of the opportunities that you all have now. I know Max Struess was talking about that endlessly going into game three. I think I had y'all. Yeah, I mean, we, we've all faced adversity um, from, from some sort of fashion, uh, whether it be, you know, getting drafted, not getting drafted, um, facing some resiliency in our careers. Um, but we understand we all are here now playing for something bigger than ourselves. Uh, man, we all pretty much one through 15 have had chips on our shoulders our whole career. So now it's no different. Uh, but damn, we play with that. Chip. 
So, you know, there was a lot made up between that uh, little dust up between Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. As a guy that's <laughs> been on multiple postseason teams, I viewed that as like the intensity starting to rise for your team and getting ready to go on this journey. Like, how is the energy, everything positive out there in Miami? Did you view it the same way? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a culture, it's a family. I mean, it's not, things aren't always going to go the way you want it to, you know, it's, we're going to have arguments. We're going to have disagreements. But, you know, we, we still have the same goal. And we realize what we need to do in order to to be successful. So, yeah, you know, we had a little rough patch. But, you know, we patched it up and we're moving forward. I mean, that's what family does. So that's what we focus on doing. All right, Vic, before we let you get out of here, I have to take this moment to put on for Prince George's County. I know you are a guy that is very talented off the court with your music endeavors. Yesterday... Wale's album, More About Nothing, became available on streaming platforms. I don't know about you, but I was hyped. What memories does that album bring back for you? History. History is... is. Wale in general, you know, I'm really close to him to begin with. So, you know, for, to see him winning, to see him being successful, that's like, you know, my brother doing this. So to see that that album, you know, uh, come out like it did last night, it just bring back great memories, you know as a younger kid and growing up and having aspirations and dreams. And it's nothing like listening to music and you get those feelings you used to have. So I'm definitely going to take a listen, like I always do, and rep PG County to the fullest. All right. Well, hey, Vic, I just want to say player to player, I'm so glad to see you healthy and not just healthy, but also having an impact back on the court right where you belong. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. I enjoyed this interview, too, man. Right. You, you, Oh, you know that, man. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you. That's Monica. That's Monica. Monica had him. But we are going to talk about one of their future opponents here coming up. And the 76ers, look, hey, they were finally able to close out a series against the Raptors. But did they do enough to finally answer the critics? Eh, we'll see. And can Ja, can he close it out tonight? Because we know the critics are going to start coming. If this goes at Game 7, we preview Game 6 between the Grizzlies and Timberwolves. And our panel picks their winner. Plus, from one scoring machine to the next, the answer breaks down what John Morant is, why he's so unstoppable in the latest edition of Detail. Stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This year, I'm just all about business. I want to be considered one of the greatest of all time. I'm the most unstoppable player in the league.
The Sixers won last night, but we first need to talk about a developing story. A concerned Tobias Harris tweeted last night that they needed evidence that a certain grandmother was safe. And we're oh. going to have to keep this up because basically hat trick papaya. He said he's not letting his grandmother out until these guys close the Raptors. And then Tobias Harris decided after, of course, winning and freeing <laughs> the grandmother, he decided to respond saying that he needed proof that she was safe. And so all kidding aside, the 76ers finally did their part <laughs> and they crushed the Raptors 70 to 36 in the second half en route to closing out the series against the Raptors. So after being up 3-0 and the Sixers ended up winning the series in six games before last night's win, there was a lot of talk about whether or not they would blow their lead. But ultimately, Joel Embiid happened and the Sixers got it done. Starting with you, Ramona, Miss 76ers. Do you think that they answered their critics? For one night. Okay, uh, for one half, maybe mm -hmm. even uh, the second half where they looked amazing. And when you see them play like that, you go, OK, well, they could they could win it all if they play like that. But they also got to a game six in a series. They were up 3-0 and were on the ropes there. Now, the question is, do you see that James Harden, that aggressive James Harden? He had that step back working. He looked lively out there in the second half. Do we see that or do the Miami Heat? put a lot of pressure on him. They throw a lot of looks at him. Do they shut down Tyrese Maxey? Like, Maxey had a good game last night. In the in the games where the Sixers won, Joel Embiid has been a fairly constant presence. Like, he had a little setback after his thumb injury, but it was the other guys. When Tobias Harris gets it going, when it was Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, when they get it going, the Sixers look like they can beat anybody. But let's, let's just go back in history. They haven't gotten to the conference finals since 2001. 2001, the, 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 the critics can keep talking until they get there. Zach, what do you think? Hey, look, getting to the conference finals is hard. It's not easy. And they're one four bouncer from maybe getting there. But yeah, they proved something to me. Because when Doc Rivers gave that press conference about blowing 3-1 leads, the anxiety was seeping through the screen, and it scared me. And Toronto's not an easy place to play. That's a big, pressurized environment. You do not want to go to Game 7 in front of those Philly fans with that kind of anxiety hovering over your head. And they went, and they laid the smack down. Look, Joel Embiid, I trust him. I don't worry about him in big games. Tobias Harris and Danny Green were sneakily rocks for that team all series long playing well. And Ramon is right. When James Harden plays like James Harden dunked last night. Yes. He dunked. He dunked. When he has a burst like that, when he gets by people, the Sixers are a different team. And look, we can sit here and fret about Harden. Some games has a burst, some games doesn't. The numbers say it. The eye tests say it. The Embiid-Harden pick-and-roll is completely unstoppable, even when James Harden looks a little slow, looks a little bit like he doesn't have a burst. Teams have not had an answer for that. And I kind of like this Miami matchup for them a little bit more than the Toronto matchup. I think they have a good chance, a much better chance than people are giving them credit for, to win this series. Monica, do you I, think so? I don't know so? how you're... I, I don't know how you're evalu evaluating their chance, Zach. I think... I, I mean... I think it's going to be a compelling series. I do think Miami advances in this one. But I will say, to your point, James Harden and Joel Embiid, that combo is dangerous when they're on. And I'm not 100% sure about the consistency with which James Harden plays. And then, just to flip that, that switch and play devil's advocate, the Miami Heat, to me, look like they are finding their identity offensively. We know during the regular season they were subject to lulls offensively while the defense never wavered. 
Do I necessarily expect another 45-point performance from Jimmy Butler? No, but I'm not ruling that out either in terms of the, the confidence that they're playing with offensively. So now, beyond Matisse Thibel, who hangs his hat on the defensive end, and Joel Embiid protecting the paint, everybody else has to step up on the defensive end for the Philadelphia 76ers as well. But I agree, it's going to be a great matchup. I just, I think the games in which the Sixers have looked best, when you go down the six games that it took, have been outliers. And so I'm just not sold in terms of the consistency that's going to show up in this next series, where to me, Miami's been consistent. So, like, yeah, I, I, I agree. My, my biggest thing is when you look at that pick and roll of Joel Embiid and when you look at the pick and roll with James Harden, it's a little different when it's P.J. Tucker and Jimmy Butler guarding it, yeah. and then you have uh, Bam right. Adebayo guarding it. Like, these guys are the elite of the mm-hmm. elite, and that's part of the reason why they're here. So I do think that that offensive firepower, but it's the guys around. It's going to be the Tyrese Maxey because Miami's great at cutting off that first option, right? They're great at cutting that off. Yeah. As, as, as Trey Young. And so with if they're going to force you to beat them in ways that you feel uncomfortable. So it's going to be the Danny Greens. It's going to be the top Tobias Harris. I like. I know that Joel can go for 40 in a manner that, like, no one can guard him. But if you're depending on your guy to go for 40 every single night against the Miami Heat, that's just not a sustainable way. So it's going to be every else can, everybody else contributing to make those guys' jobs a little bit easier. Now let's look ahead to the next series against the top, the top seed of Miami Heat. And then I want to know this, the split. They had a nice little split if you look at their, their stats. Now when you look at their stats about how they're played, Miami was – Close. Miami Miami, and, and Philly. Philly could have been the no, number one seed. Look at this. Look at these stats. Look at how even this is. You got two wins apiece, both averaging right around 100%. The percentages are, are, are right around now. I will say this. James Harden didn't play in any of these games. And so that's why the regular season, you start to get a little bit like, well, was this important or was it not? But I think there's a confidence level there. Now, Zach. Without seeing all this and knowing all this, how do you think that this series plays out? I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's going to be a competitive series. You mentioned, you know, the fact that they can put P.J. Tucker on Maxi or Harden and Bam on Joel and switch that pick and roll, and we'll see how the Sixers deal with that. On the flip side, the Heat offer something to James Harden and Joel Embiid that the Raptors did not, at least after Fred Van Vliet got hurt. A weak point to pick on at all times. James Harden is going to find where Tyler Hero is, where Duncan Robinson is, where Max Struess is, and said, bring him up, screen for me, and I'm going to start doing damage that way. I think this is going to be a long series. The matchups are going to be fascinating. And by the way, we should probably mention, Jimmy Butler just missed a game with knee inflammation, and Kyle Lowry missed two games with a lower leg injury of some kind. I can't remember off the top of my head. Like, are we sure they're healthy? If they're, if they're even a little bit limited, Miami's margin for error is not huge. I think this is going to be a dogfight. I mean, Bam Adebayo just said, you have to double Joel Embiid. You have to get the ball out of his hands and make him pass, even when he doesn't want to. The fact that Bam Adebayo, who Zach, I think, is right, that he should have got more look as a defensive player of the year candidate, he certainly deserves it. It's just a question of how many games did he play. Um, is saying you got to double somebody, that's how much respect he has for Joel. But that is what a lot of teams do to Joel, which is what the Raptors try to do. They send two or three guys at him, force the ball out of his hands. That's what they're going to do this entire series force the ball out of Joel Embiid's hands, make him pass it to James Harden. This is, again, 
this is why you went and got James Harden for these moments. And I remember talking to James when he came through LA a little while ago and saying, hey, James, you're the only guy who has been to a conference finals right now. I mean, let's let's take Danny Green out of it, but in terms of the stars, like this is James' spot. This is, this is what you got him for these moments to get you past this second round of the playoffs. When, when do you start putting your stamp on this team? This is now. This is the time when James Harden needs to be the guy they traded for. Yeah, well, Micah's like, well, I don't yeah, want to yeah, disrespect yeah, Danny Green. Okay, I, know, no, no, I, know we that, move, I know we had to move on, but, but I, I mean, okay, real quick, I do know we have to move on, but to that end, um, Ramona, when I had a yeah. chance to talk to Kyle Lowry prior to his injury, I asked him about his experience, yeah. right? And he pointed out, and I think sometimes people forget, this Miami Heat squad has a bunch of guys that have been there as well in that same degree. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to go with the experience factor, like Miami has a, a handful of guys that have won titles, including, including Eric Spalestra. So we'll see what happens. It's going to yeah. be a great series. All right. Well, let's just keep it simple. It is win or go home for the T-Wolves tonight. On the other side of things, the Grizzlies, they would probably prefer to not go back to Memphis to play a Game 7 because we all know anything can happen in a Game 7. So, Monica, who do you got tonight? <laughs> Um, I've got the Memphis Grizzlies closing it out tonight. I think the second half of the ball game in game five just was so impressive to me, particularly that fourth quarter where Ja Morant decided that he just would not be denied. Brandon Clark gave that team such valuable minutes. And so to me, when they have the opportunity to start getting to that rim, they had 62 points in the paint, y'all. And they got to the free throw line 15 more times than the Grizzlies. And so as they continue to put pressure on this Grizzlies defense and they start running up and down, that's when you see the team that led the league in transition points playing with that high-flying and swag energy. I'm also going to go with the Grizz. Last night was the favorites closing out on the road. I still think I think it continues into tonight. This series is totally drunk, and I am still <laughs> hungover from John Morant <laughs> obliterating Malik Beasley into the stratosphere somewhere <laughs> in Game 5. I picked Grizzlies in 6, so I am contractually obligated by the laws of the basketball gods <laughs> to stick with Grizzlies in 6. Great point about Brandon Clark, Monica. I think, personally, the Grizzlies should just start Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. together, Ooh. and they found something with Dylan Brooks at the 4 and Brandon Clark at the 5. So I'll go Grizzlies in 6. They wrap it up in minutes. Minnesota. Yeah, no, I, look, this is the thing, Zach. You couldn't be any more right. When Memphis, or, or, when Minnesota won game one in this series, I said it wouldn't be the last game that they won, but I still think that the Grizzlies win this series. The depth, the depth you can start seeing, starting Clark, the fact that you can have that option mm-hmm. to play Steven Adams and not playing Steven Adams, that just shows yeah. you how great they were all season long because they just have a ton of chess pieces and they're able to do it. But I want to talk to you guys something about that's really, really cool. We have a new edition of detail, the sports and analysis program started by Kobe Bryant. This time it's Allen Iverson breaking down John wow. exclusively on ESPN. The Plus. answer with the answer. The answer with the answer. I want you to check out this clip looking at his recent play versus Minnesota. On this episode of Detail, we're going to take a look at Grizzlies point guard John Morant. D'Lo is probably trying to deny him. Now you're really in trouble trying to deny because any move he hits you with, you're off balance because you're trying to deny now you're trying to get back. He got you just leaning too many ways. Got too much stuff in his arsenal. Mm, that's just too much. And nothing you can do with that. Nothing. I don't care what defensive player you are. Just got him leaning. He never had a chance of just being in front of him from the giddy up. It's because he was trying to deny him. 
So you're already out of defensive position. And with him, you can't be because he can do that to you when you're in position. It's too much. That's just handles right there because the defense wasn't that bad. They still contest. It's great offense. That's good D, especially when he just hit two threes. There's something in the paint that ain't that hard for him at all, even though that was a tough shot, but he's feeling it now. For more analysis, watch detail on ESPN+. Tonight, we've got game six between the Grizzlies and T-Wolves. John Morant will try and close out this series in Minnesota. Our coverage begins at 9 Eastern on ESPN and the app. But coming up next on NBA Today, Luka and the Mavs advance to the next round. What does it mean for the future of the Utah Jazz? More on NBA Today after the break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Let's dive right into the Mavericks Jazz. Now, this was a wild ending. Luka Doncic, he's back. He's looking better. And watch this, Luka. Now, this is a tough spot for Rudy Gobert to be in, but does a good job to contest. But look, when you talk about good defense but better offense, that's what they're talking about here. Close game, Dallas up by three. Rudy Gobert gets it, finishes it. Big fella, I see you down by one. Now, here, Luka taking his time. Working it, and you see they kept trying to get Rudy Gobert in that pick and roll. Rudy got the stop right there. You got the chance. Nine seconds to go. Six seconds. Almost a travel, or was a travel? Oh, Conley, just great defense by Brunson. That is just heartbreaking for the Utah Jazz. Dallas trying to hold on and move on to the second round. O'Neal, trigger man. Toss, cross court, Bogdanovich, ball fake, Bogdanovich misses on a three ball, and it's over. All right, you know, look, that's just heartbreaking ending for the Jazz. And the Utah squad has, you know, look, they have not lived up to the expectations, but the Mavs, well, they finally won a playoff series in the Luka era. Now, Ramona, I want to know, what did you learn about these Mavs in the first round? that they don't need Luka Doncic to score 40 in order to win games. Ooh. They didn't even need him in the first three games. Like, the fact that they don't – Luka has to be great. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't have to carry them in the way that he's had to carry them in previous series. Last year, against the Clippers in that series, it was him and Kawhi dueling 45 points each. They don't need that now. He had 24 last night. Yeah. Like, not saying it was a bad game, but he doesn't have to do that. And that speaks to how good their defense is and how good Jalen Brunson is. Yeah, and Jason Kidd did an outstanding job. It was very, very yep. impressive watching him manage his guys without, you know, having guys like Luka, Giannis, LeBron, like these guys are just focal points. They get everyone else involved. They score a ton of points. So losing Absolutely. that, you're losing the offense. Now, now, as for the Jazz, this is yet another early round playoff exit. Zach, where does the team go from here? What do they do? Do they keep Donovan? Do they keep Rudy? What do they do? Because whatever they're doing right now isn't working the way they want it to. 
Yeah, it's over for this iteration oh. of the Jazz. I don't know precisely what that means at this point, but there are going to be big changes, probably plural. And I think the most likely one is that Rudy Gobert is probably, it could be traded to another team in the offseason. But that depends in part on Donovan Mitchell. My guess is plan A for the Jazz would be whatever we can do to retool around Donovan Mitchell. If Donovan Mitchell indicates maybe he doesn't want to be there in the long term, and I'm not saying he's going to do that, he's got three years left on his contract, then then that changes your equation a little bit. But I think there will be teams calling the Jazz if they're not already doing it now interested in trading for Rudy Gobert and this team has just sort of run its course the way it is and there might be other changes even beyond that but we'll see I mean it, it, trading Rudy Gobert he makes a ton of money centers are the hardest kind of pieces to trade we'll see what happens out there it could go in a number of different directions but this team as it exists now is done Ooh. for it for as good as Rudy Gobert is in terms of his defensive prowess, I mean, in games, what, two and three, you take him away from the paint, and you could see where he was extremely susceptible. The Mavs hit 22 threes, and not that all were on him, but Maxi Kleba was clearly a bad matchup. I agree with Zach. You try to keep Donovan Mitchell, but I think if there's a market for Donovan Mitchell that you may not see and necessarily for Rudy Gobert, like, everything is on the table in my mind, especially if Quinn Snyder doesn't necessarily return. So I just think the Jazz are in a really, really tough spot. In a perfect world, maybe you retool around the both of those guys, but I just don't see that happening, and I, we probably see a different head coach. Yeah, and, and look, when you talk about different head coach, you already have Charlotte. You got the Lakers. There are so many jobs out there that are open, but still to come on NBA Today, Mark Spears dives into the pushback and challenges Liz Mills faces as a woman head coach in the Basketball Africa League. NBA Today rolls on. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When Liz Mills began her coaching career at the age of 16, the concept of a woman coaching a men's team, look, that was absolutely unheard of. With over 20 years of coaching underneath her belt since then, Mills has boasted an impressive resume in the basketball world, with many of those accolades coming from her time in Africa. Anscape's Mark Spears has the story about the Australian native and her success in the Basketball Africa League. I was in Dakar Arena, and a lady with her two daughters came up to me and she's like, you coached Liz Mills? And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, that's me. She's like, oh, I brought my two daughters here to see you. We don't care about the games. We just wanted to watch you because they want to be coaches like you when they grow up. Thanks to Africa, Liz Mills is being looked at now as a head basketball coach who just happens to be a woman. The Australian made history by becoming the Basketball Africa League's first woman head coach with Morocco's A.S. Sali while also becoming the first woman to become a head coach of a professional men's team in Morocco and the Arab world. There are moments throughout, especially the last couple of years, when I think to myself, oh wow, I'm on an island. I had so many female coaches all around the world reach out to me and say, you're the role model that we needed because we didn't have anybody to look up to. 
The transition into becoming a head coach didn't come without some pushback from Mills. I was at qualifiers in Cameroon for Afrobasket and I put my bag on the head coaching um, seat and a woman from the Cameroon Federation came up to me and said, no, 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 this is for the head coach. And she pointed at my male assistant and he had a laugh because he's like, no, no, she's, she's the head coach. The main reason why Mills is respected in Africa so much is because it's the only place she has coached professionally. She also coached A.S. Sally to a postseason berth in the upcoming BAL playoffs in Rwanda. I have been here long enough that the players respect that I'm not one of those coaches who are flying in and out just to tick a box and to improve their resume. I believe in African basketball. I want to develop African basketball. What is your message with the boots? I wore high heels once and people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I initially wore it because watching the WNBL back in Australia, they all wore power suits, they wore heels, these female head coaches, and they, they look like bosses. They look like they owned the court. And so I wanted to, in a small way, emulate that. And at the end of the day, it's still a business environment for me. I would wear the boots to a work environment and coaching is my work environment. So I think that's pretty much the story behind the boots. And it's a little bit of a cheeky feminist, hey, I'm here, I'm a coach, but I'm still a woman. There have been women head coaches in the G League with Stephanie Reddy and Nancy Lieberman. Ex-Spurs assistant coach Becky Hammond interviewed for NBA head coaching jobs before taking over the WNBA Las Vegas Aces. Of all the women coaching under the NBA umbrella, none are in a higher position than Mills is as a BAL head coach. I think it's going to take a really brave and courageous organization to tap a woman on the shoulder. I mean, and you look at African-American coaches, they're in a similar position where they're fighting to get a seat at the table in those head coaching roles as well. There will be challenges, but that's what the journey is all about. There's going to be a lot of reasons to pack it all in, but if you truly believe in what you want to do, nothing can stop you from doing it. Uh, that's an amazing story, but our action-packed April rolls on tonight on ESPN. We have the NFL draft, second and third rounds. Then it's game six between the Grizzlies and Timberwolves Saturday night. Our UFC night fight night main card starts on ESPN. Then it's the battle of undefeated fighters, Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. And then coming up, we look ahead to the second round. Our panel makes picks on who should be on upset alert. NBA Today comes back in 60 seconds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, three of the four conference semifinal matchups are now set. You got the Mavs versus the Suns, Sixers Heat, and Bucks, Bucks Celtic. While the Warriors, they await the winner of the Timberwolves and Grizz series. The higher seed has prevailed in every matchup that's been decided so far. So, Ramona, 
Do you see any potential upsets, or do you think it's going to go as planned and by plan, the higher seed? So I pick chalk when okay. they made me pick. Okay. But if there's some, the ones that gave me the most pause, the most pause, I would okay. say, I think the Sixers have a real chance against Miami. Okay. And I think Dallas has a chance against Phoenix. You know, look, I Dallas. think. Dallas. Look, look at these. that defense. Oh, listen, let me give you some stats to completely take away my point. You ready? Yeah. yeah. Dallas has lost nine in a row to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Why would you? Well, Luca didn't play in any of those. Well, games. Yeah, Luca didn't play in any of those games. That's fair. See, I, I don't know. I this just, per- I, I personally think that like they're going to be great series. I think it's going to be great matchups. Yep. There's physicality. There's dominant players. But ultimately, I think that the, I think the Suns, they beat yeah, whoever they get. Probably. I think the Warriors beat whoever they get. I think, I, I think Boston, and I think, I, I, I think, probably. Probably Milwaukee. I'm going to go with You're, Milwaukee. Oh, that's an upset. I'm gonna, that's, well, it isn't really, it's technically it's, an upset. It's only an upset because Middleton isn't playing. That's the only no, the, issue. The, the three seed? That's a three. That's not really an upset. I don't think the defending champions being a three seed is, is any problem. But so look, you're just pulling a Cheney right now, just picking the yeah, little I'm, 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 I'm not really. Hedge Don't take your wrist there. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for everything today. <laughs> Thanks to Monica, Zach, Victor, everybody. Enjoy the Grizz Timberwolves tonight. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 